Are you a counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply? Then you, lovely person, are in the right place because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back and if it's your first visit I'm so glad that you found us. Now, if you're qualified and you're all ready to get started in private practice, well, that's absolutely brilliant. Well done, you. It's quite a big thing, isn't it? Going through all that training and as interesting as it is, when you get to the end of it, there's that sort of pause where you think, well, what am I going to do now? So if you want to get private practice clients, fantastic. Well done, you. Now, something that can feel really confusing when starting out or when making your first website, is really the question of the name. Do you give yourself a business name? Do you use your own name? How do you go about choosing it? So this is what we're going to have a little look at today. And we're going to look at some of the things that you might want to consider. But just before we talk about names, I want to just let you know that if you are in this position, i.e. you're trained, you're insured, and you're ready to go, then look, you don't have to work this all out by yourself. I know how overwhelming that it can feel. There are so many things that you can do. There are so many things that you can try. It can just feel like an absolute minefield. So look, you don't have to work it all out by yourself. The Grow Your Private Practice Club was made with you in mind. So if you're new to the private practice world and feel a bit overwhelmed, Grow Your Private Practice will get you off to the best possible start. Now, we've got two courses specifically for people who are right at the beginning of private practice. The first one is the foundations course, and that walks you through all the basics of attracting clients. And we look at things like motivation. We look at the importance of mindset, and that's managing fears and self-sabotage. We look at things like time management and probably the most important thing that you need to know, which is who is it that you're trying to attract? And when you know this, all your marketing work becomes so much more easy. You do some powerful exercises in the foundations course that help to define who your clients are, who your ideal clients are, and what they want and what they need. So we've got the foundations course, and we also have what we call the quick start course. And this is how to get started fast, how to start seeing clients fast, and yet no website required. You also will have access to all of the rest of the private practice success roadmap, which includes training on things like your website, social media about how how to use it, um, how to use it, and how to create content, which is basically how to write blogs, or other things like have a YouTube channel or do your own podcasts. You also get recordings of all the workshops and guest expert masterminds that we've ever had, along with member only benefits, And also, and this is just such a godsend when you're starting out, there's the Grow Your Private Practice community, which is a really friendly and extremely supportive, supportive, supportive group of peers who are on your side. 
Now, when you remember that three new clients is going to bring you in approximately £600 a month, it's really worth taking that action to save you some time and save you some stress. And if you want to check out the Grow Your Private Practice Club, check out growyourprivateproactice.co.uk and I'll share the link below. So don't struggle on alone. There's help out there. We're, We're there waiting for you. Okay, so back to choosing names. Now, when I had a practice, it was called Reflections Counselling Lincoln. And if I was to start a practice again, I wouldn't call it that. And so we're going to talk about why. So firstly, does your name need to say counselling or therapy or the area that you come from in it? And this is kind of quite a An interesting point, because when I first started counselling back in the dark ages, better known as 2005, things have changed a huge amount since then. So back then, having the words counselling or therapy in the name of the website and the area, the area that you worked in, in my case, Lincoln, that was considered really, really good for your SEO. So Reflections Counselling Lincoln had two big ticks at the side of it. So it had the word counselling in it and it had the word Lincoln. Tick, tick. So that was good for SEO back at the time. But what about now? Well, just a quick word in case you're not sure what SEO is. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. So SEO is basically where you're doing things on your website to let Google and other search engines know what your business is. So then they'll know when to show you in searches. So a quick word about SEO. SEO is definitely something that you need to have an understanding of, especially when you get to have a website. But Look, don't worry about this too much when you're first starting out. There's loads of things to think about. And when you're first starting out, don't worry about this. There's loads of ways that you can learn about SEO without hiring an SEO expert. And if you're in the Grow Your Private Practice Club, we had Sophie, an amazing expert on SEO, come and give us a masterclass all about SEO, as well as a masterclass all about Facebook ads. So if you remember be sure to check those out. So like I say, yes, you're going to need to know something about SEO. You're going to need at least a basic understanding, you know, when you have a website. But if you don't have a website yet, don't worry about this too much. Put it to the back of your mind and be sure to check it out when the time's right. Now, the thing is, when I chose the name of my business, it was a long time ago and things have changed. Now, Google is an extremely sophisticated thing. And the way that it works out what your website about is about is based on what you say on your, on your website. It's not just based on what you've called yourself. So what it does is it will have a look at what's written on all of the pages. And this is one of the reasons why having a niche is so helpful, because the more that Google understands who you serve, the more likely you are to be shown in searches. So if somebody goes on searches, Uh, somebody goes on Google and just does a search for something to do with your niche, you're more likely to be shown. And each blog is classed as a separate page. So each blog post also lets Google know more about what your business is about. And it all adds up to become something really comprehensive so that that Google comes to know what your blog site is all about. 
without actually having to have those words in your name. Also, with the onset of COVID, so many counsellors have been offering online counselling. And when I did just a small poll of the Grow Your Private Practice membership, people said that they would either only offer online counselling or they'd offer a mixture of either online or face-to-face. And it was a really small poll, to be fair. But in that poll, nobody said they just wanted to offer face-to-face. Now, that's not to say that there's anything wrong with only offering face-to-face. Of course not. But I think many have seen the benefits of working online and how it can open you up to seeing more clients, especially if you have a niche. So the need to specify the area that you work in is diminished for a lot of people. So when it comes to naming your practice and specifically naming your website and getting a domain name, having your area under the word counselling or therapy are no longer really necessary. So I'm not saying you can't have them, but it's not like it was when I first started out where you really needed them. So here are some more things to consider when naming your business. So your niche. Now, we recently had Sarah DeSinge on the podcast talking about how she chose her niche and how it's helped her to to diversify. If you haven't had a listen to that, I really recommend you have a listen. It was a great podcast. Sarah's a fantastic guest and had some really good things to share with you. Check out episode 37 and have a listen. Now, Sarah is known as the Binge Eating Therapist and her website is called thebingeatingtherapist.com. So she's really claimed her niche which is something that makes you kind of stand out and galvanizes you as the expert. So if that's you, if you want to choose your niche and have your the niche as part of your name, only do this if it's highly unlikely that you're going to change your niche. So if you have a website called Grief Therapy for Teens, if you want to make a change, you're going to have to basically make a whole new website. And that means starting from scratch. It means rebuilding your name, rebuilding your reputation and rebuilding the SEO benefits that you might have built up. So if you want to name your business to do with your niche, be really sure that this is the the thing that you want to work with in the long term. The other thing is to really make it easy for people to find. Now, I have a saying, clear beats clever and clear beats clever every time. And this is just so true in marketing. Keep the the name that you have short wherever possible, because then it's easy for people to remember. And if people remember who you are, then they're going to find it more easy to refer people to come to you as clients. Now, I think using your own name can really make sense for a lot of people. And obviously, this depends. Now, one of the good points is that you can change and tweak your niche as many times as you want to and never actually have to change the name of your business or the name of your website. So it means that you can diversify, you can go in different directions. So you could be a counsellor and offer courses or programmes or other things to go with it, including supervision as well. And it's a great way for you to get known personally. Now, I suppose the problem there is if you have a very unusual name or something that could be spelt in lots of different ways. So if that's the case for you, using your name might not be the best idea because as I say, clear beats clever. You need to be able to say your say the name of your business or the name of your website out loud 
and people to be able to remember it and be able to write it and like tap it in easily. So yeah, the spelling, it needs to be really, really easy for people to spell it. So if you think about it, even the word counsellor is a difficult one for people because it's spelt in different ways. I mean, in, in the UK, it's spelt with two L's. In the US, it's spelt with one L. There's also the different kind of counsellor. So our type of counsellor has an S or it could be the sort of county counsellor or something like that that's spelt with a C. So even the word counsellor is a different thing for people, to, difficult thing for people to spell. So you might consider the word therapist as something that is easier for people to spell. So what next? Well, when you've decided the sort of name that you want, whether you're going to go with your name or you're going to choose something else, the next step is to check for availability for the URL. So that's the website name. So you need to check for the availability of both the URL and for the social media handles. And that's the name that you'd use on a social media platform. Now, even if you're not ready to go onto social media yet, and even if you're not ready to get a website yet, it's probably a good idea to just grab them so that they're ready for when you are. And just a quick word, with the social media names, I would get the social media names for all of the platforms. So basically, you just claim that name and then you've got it there for when you want to use it. Now, you only need to use one platform but if you get that name for all of the different platforms, it means there's not going to be that confusion of somebody else potentially posting under your name on a different platform, because obviously that name is going to be the thing that represents you. So if you claim all of those different social media names for all the platforms, that keeps that continuity wherever possible. So I suppose the last thing to talk about is what happens if the name you want isn't available? And this really does suck. You might have got the best name in your head. You might have thought about it for ages and sat and brainstormed it and then had a look and you've thought, right, I'll go and buy the URL and that domain name isn't available. And it is horrible when that happens. It's happened to me before. It happens to lots of people. So it's, I suppose what I want to say is it's not the end of the world, okay? So there's a few things you can do. You can start thinking outside the box a little. You can consider names that are just slightly different to the name that you have. So if you don't want to add the word therapy, you could consider adding the word therapy. Or you could have something like, well, you could add a verb like Jane Travis helps or Jane Travis listens or something like that. And if there's absolutely no getting around it, well, relax. Although it totally sucks, choosing another name really is not the end of the world. The most important thing is that you get a name and you get it settled and you get it sorted. Then you get out there and you start attracting clients. Once you've been working for a while, your name is kind of, you don't really think about your name all that often, to be honest. It's just the name that you have. So yeah, just get out there, get yourself a name, get one that's as close to the one that you want as possible, but don't worry too much about it. Just get out there and attract clients. Okay, so today we've had a look at quite a few things to do with names. So we've looked at how to choose your name. 
We've looked at how SEO has changed and how the need to use the word counsellor or have your area in the name is no longer necessary. We've looked at the pros and cons of choosing a name that's to do with your niche. We've looked at how clear beats clever every time. But we've looked at considering spelling and we've looked at considering getting your social media handles too. And also taken a brief look at what to do if your name isn't available. So yeah, getting your name is just the start of your journey. Don't get too caught up in it. Don't get too stuck in this. Get your name sorted and then get on out there and start attracting those clients. So that's it for today. I really hope that you've enjoyed this and I hope that this helps you in your quest for a name. I would love it if you'd come and connect with me on social media. Now, the best places to find me are on Instagram, where it's Grow Your Private Practice, all lowercase, no spaces, or on LinkedIn, I just go under my name, which is Jane Travis. So please come on over and say hi. That would be brilliant. All that's left to say is have a brilliant week and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Take care of yourself and bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.